Part 3, Requirements for Exemption. The statute states that a qualifying organization or society may exempt from property taxation land used by the organization or society solely for its appropriate purposes and not leased or used for pecuniary profit. In applying the statute to individual cases, Iowa courts have identified factors probative of exemption and of taxability and have suggested the weight to be given them when determining a property's taxable status. Although couched in a diversity of rhetoric, Iowa courts have uniformly centered on the identity of the organization claiming exemption and the use of the property for which exemption is claimed. Iowa courts have identified three factors that must be proved by a preponderance of the evidence in order to obtain an exemption pursuant to Iowa Code Section 427.1, Subsection 8. First, the property must be used by a charitable, religious, or educational institution or society. Second, the actual use of the property must be solely for the appropriate objects of the institution or society. Third, the property must not be used with a view to pecuniary profit, a charitable status. Number one, factors. Primary but not controlling factors indicative of charitable status are whether the institution received a federal tax exemption based on charitable status and whether the purposes of the institution as stated in its articles of incorporation reveal a charitable purpose. Iowa courts have also placed importance on whether contributions of money, goods, and services played some part in the establishment and operation of a charitable institution. Two, nonprofit status. The courts have been careful to point out that the nonprofit status of an institution is not synonymous with charitable status. The mere fact that an institution is a nonprofit corporation does not make it a charitable institution. Nonprofit status of a corporation does not establish a right to tax exemption, nor is it a charitable purpose stated in the Articles of Incorporation. 2. Nonprofit status. The courts have been careful to point out that the nonprofit status of an institution is not synonymous with charitable status. Quote, the mere fact that an institution is a nonprofit corporation does not make it a charitable institution. Nonprofit status of a corporation does not establish a right to tax exemption, nor is a charitable purpose stated in the Articles of Incorporation the final answer in this inquiry. The Articles of Incorporation may be considered but are not controlling. The courts have looked beyond the written statements to policy and practice of the organization in its use of the property. B. Use of the property. Of the three factors listed, the courts have identified the use of the property as paramount in determining exempt status. Quote, when determining the charitable status of an institution, the actual use of a facility is more important than its stated purpose. Whether an organization and its appropriate objects are charitable is a question of fact. Number one, presumption of charitable use. The Iowa Supreme Court has recognized that in situations where it is generally agreed that the institution or society is a religious, educational, or charitable organization under Iowa Code Section 427.1, subsection 8, it is an organization deserving of a presumption as to charitable status. A. A more demanding actual use test is imposed in those situations in which the challenged use is the primary basis for the claim of exemption. In contrast, the phrase, quote, solely for their appropriate objects is a much less demanding requirement for those religious, education, and charitable organizations who clearly qualify as such without regard to the use of the property at issue. 
This is because the very reason for the existence of those institutions is to carry on charitable, educational, and religious activities. Consequently, the use of their property for an activity within their mission will ordinarily be consistent with exempt status. The reasoning was also contained in Camp Foster YMCA, where the court stated, in St. Ambrose University versus Board of Review, we recognize that the actual use requirement is more strictly applied in those situations in which the taxpayer must rely on the challenged use to establish its charitable, religious, or educational purpose. In contrast, if the taxpayer is shown to be a charitable, religious, or education organization or society independent from its use of the property for which exemption is being claimed, the exemption may be granted if that use fosters an activity that falls fairly within the mission of the institution. So, in the case of a nonprofit corporation which carries out a unified operation at a single site, the actual use test used to determine charitable status and ta- taxable status is a more demanding requirement than for those religious, educational, and charitable organizations that clearly qualify as such without regard to the use of the property at issue. 2. Homes for the Elderly and Gratuitous Care The bulk of the cases on charitable use have concerned the granting of an exemption to institutions which provide housing and care for the elderly. Quote, for an institution to be charitable, it should provide care in addition to housing. However, providing housing and care services is not enough to qualify the institution as charitable. A charitable purpose is evidenced by the provision of gratuitous and partly gratuitous care of elderly persons. The requirement of gratuitous or partly gratuitous care espoused in South Iowa Methodist homes is restated in Atrium Village. Additionally, the court in Victor Health Center versus Board of Review provided a concise description of the gratuitous or partly gratuitous care requirement. Gratuitous or partly gratuitous care can be provided in two ways. An institution can subsidize the care of those who are unable to pay or it can use charitable contributions to cover the cost of establishing the facility and some portion of the ongoing operating expenses, thereby subsidizing the cost of the facility for all persons who use it, regardless of their ability to pay. Facilities will not be entitled to an exemption if, quote, admission is limited to the physically and financially independent. Courts have looked beyond the policies of an organization memorialized in writing to the actual practice of the facility. The assessor and board of review must also look beyond the organization on paper to the policies actually practiced by the organization. The principal issue on which to focus is whether admission is limited to the physically and financially independent. The facts of the following cases will illustrate the importance of this question. A. Atrium Village. The facts of Atrium Village provide a good example of how important the provision of gratuitous or partly gratuitous care is when determining whether the use of the property is charitable. The Atrium Village Nursing Home was a nonprofit corporation exempt from federal income taxes. The corporation's Articles of Incorporation stated a charitable purpose. The facility was constructed by means of a private donation, which at the same time established a limited-time trust to help pay maintenance and operation of the facility. No endowment or gift was required of an applicant for occupancy 
of Atrium Village and the facility maintained a reserve fund to provide care to any resident unable to pay the monthly charges. However, applicants to the facility were required to provide reports on medical history and financial resources and the facility did not accept persons who at the time of the application were receiving benefits under Title 19 of the Federal Social Security Act, Medicaid, or persons who were not financially capable of paying the monthly charge. At times, applicants were required to provide the name of a financial guarantor. Also, the court noted that any failure of an occupant to pay monthly charges would result in an increase in the monthly charges made to all others. Also, the court noted that, quote, any failure of an occupant to pay monthly charges would result in an increase in the monthly charge made to all others. The court also discovered that tenants were not informed of the reserve fund and it had not yet been used for residents in need of financial assistance. Based on this evidence, the denial of the property tax exemption to Atrium Village was upheld by the court. The court in Atrium cited Richards to support its determination of taxability. Quote, in assaying the genuineness of the charity, example is more important than precept. The assessor must look at application processes, policies, and stated principles, but also, and more importantly, at actual practice to determine whether charitable care as a fact is available and is being provided to residents. In this regard, as the following cases illustrate, the court has shown particular sensitivity. B. Friendship Center West, Incorporated versus Harmon. In Friendship Center West, a retirement center owned by a nonprofit organization appealed a district court ruling which upheld the Marshalltown Board of Review's decision denying the organization's facility a property tax exemption. The organization was exempt from federal and state income taxes. The organization's articles of incorporation stated a charitable purpose. The organization's facility was established through a combination of gifts, pledges, and bond financing. Although the organization's stated policy was not to terminate a residency if a resident was unable to pay, but rather to subsidize the fees of the resident, the court found that in actual practice, that was not the case. The facility required applicants to report on medical and financial history. The facility also had a policy which allowed it to terminate residency if the monthly fee was in default for three months. At times, a financial guarantor was required of applicants. Again, the exemption from taxation was denied by the court because despite the fact that the facility provided a, quote, valuable service to the elderly, it did not make concessions on fees for residents unable to pay them. Only four of its 75 units provided nursing care, and its actual practice was to limit admission to the physically and financially independent. In both Atrium Village and Friendship Center West, the court's cited South Iowa Methodist Homes and Richards as examples where a policy of providing gratuitous or partly gratuitous care was practiced, even sought out. South Iowa Methodist Homes had a policy to admit not less than 10% of its residents without a room gift, even though a room gift was required of most other residents, and residents unable to pay the monthly charges were subsidized by a reserve fund. C. Mayflower Homes Incorporated versus Wapello County Board of Review. 
Mayflower Homes was a nonprofit corporation which operated two residential facilities for elderly people. Although the purpose of the facility in question was to provide homes for the elderly and, quote, other needy and homeless persons, the one-time occupancy fee required at admission had not been waived only five times in over 20 years, and the residency fee had never been waived. A full exemption was denied by the court because the general policy of the facility and its actual practice was to limit the number of residents to whom gratuitous or partly gratuitous care would be provided to no more than 10% of the units. This is in contrast with the facility in South Iowa Methodist Homes, which set the lower limit of gratuitous care at no less than 10% of the units. In the court's view, the facility in South Iowa Methodist Homes evinced an intent to provide more than the self-imposed minimum, whereas the policy of Mayflower Homes set a limit on the maximum amount of gratuitous or partly gratuitous care. Again, the standard used was whether admission was limited to the physically and financially independent. D. Summary. The cases exhibit some confusion about what type of care is necessary when determining that a facility is exempt from property taxation on the basis that it provides gratuitous or partly gratuitous care to the elderly. Although the cases mention many different types of care, such as transportation, housekeeping, and provision of meals, the recurring theme, the type of care that is a necessity, is some kind of medical or nursing care. In Mayflower Homes, the court cited Atrium Village and Dow City when it averred that, quote, in our review of the cases, a determining factor is whether any nursing home is provided to the residents. Quote, in our review of the cases, a determining factor is whether any nursing care is provided to the residents. The court went on to deny a full exemption even though it found that the facility did provide, quote, a type of intermediate care between living at home and a nursing home. So, although the provision of nursing care was cited as the determinative factor as to whether an exemption would be granted, the court found that the gratuitous or partly gratuitous nursing care provided by the facility was not available in sufficient degree as to make the provision of such care charitable in nature. C. Pecuniary Profit The third factor which must be satisfied to receive a property tax exemption is that the organization or institution claiming the exemption based on charitable use must not be operating the facility or engaging in the activity with a view to pecuniary profit. Pecuniary profit refers to monetary gain which inures to the benefit of private individuals and is not simply an excess of income over expenses. It is clear a charitable organization is not required to run in the red. Its income may exceed expenses as long as the excess is not used for anything but charitable purposes. The Iowa Supreme Court has also declared it unrealistic to ascribe a pecuniary profit motive because of growth in equity of the institution or organization, particularly where the growth in equity is due to payments on the mortgage incurred in building the facility or where it occurred simply because, quote, inflation, good management, and improvements to the nursing home account for its increase in value. In challenging an organization's claim of absence of a pecuniary profit motive, expert testimony 
is at times required to testify to the average net income return on equity and the average earning before deductions of depreciation, interest, and taxes. Easier to determine factors include 1. Whether the organization paid dividends, 2. Whether its board members worked without pay, and 3. Whether all income was used to meet expenses, make renovations and improvements, and retire debt. In Northwest Community Hospital versus Board of Review, the court affirmed that the Board of Review was correct in refusing to grant an exemption to a nonprofit corporation where the nonprofit corporation had been purchased for its tax exempt status by a nonprofit corporation solely to vest ownership in a tax exempt vendor. This was precisely the situation uncovered in Care Initiatives versus Union County Board of Review. Care Initiatives was a nonprofit corporation which owned 41 nursing homes in Iowa. The court, in denying CARE Initiatives a property tax exemption, found that CARE Initiatives had surrendered control over the operation of the facility in question to a for-profit corporation related by ownership to CARE Initiatives. The court also found that the facility was established not with contributions of money, goods, and services, but rather the establishment of the facility was capitalized entirely by debt. Furthermore, the court found evidence of admission of only one resident who was not capable of paying the standard fee, and even that concession on the fees still resulted in a rate in excess of the corporation's calculated average cost per patient.